Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of gopowercat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio for me is Scott Chasen, who laid witness to a horrific beatdown in Lawrence on Saturday. Well, Fitz, before we started taping, I gave you the recommendation mm. for Murderville on Netflix, mm-hmm. and to steal a joke from Mick Schaefer, I'll give him credit. Uh, on Saturday, I also watched Murderville, and it was at Allen Fieldhouse. Mick who? Yeah, I'm just saying that. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. And we start things off with our two minute drill, the two minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's your work boot center. Well, Scott, KU smoked number eight Baylor by 24 points on Saturday, one week after a blowout loss to Kentucky. How did Kansas turn things around so quickly? Well, Fitz, I think this was a prime example of a game where for all the complaints or things that haven't worked out, Kansas still has Bill Self, and Bill Self is still an excellent coach. Look, Fitz, to me, the first half for Kansas, which Kansas was up like 20-plus most of the half, That was not the impressive part of this game. I I thought Baylor looked bad. I thought Baylor looked lazy on both ends. Kansas got whatever it wanted offensively, and Baylor uh, made itself extremely easy to guard on the other end. Now, obviously, Dewan Harris, Joe Yesifu, the key point guard position defensively, did a good job of that. But Baylor came in and looked like a team that was sleepwalking, and Kansas played like a team that wanted to take advantage of a team that was sleepwalking. Fits the second half to me, though. That's what was really impressive because it's one thing to build that lead, but then the teams go in the locker room and whatever the coaches say to their players, one of those teams knows it's down by 20 points and one of the team knows that maybe it can afford to relax a little bit. Kansas came out in the second half. Baylor uh, played a little bit more turned up, which actually resulted in them drawing a few fouls. Kansas got in the bonus very quickly. Uh, and uh, Kansas put its foot down. Kansas pushed that lead to 30-plus. It was a 30-point game until the walk-ons came in. Baylor went on a kind of meaningless run in the last minute of the game to make the margin look a little bit more respectable. Look at some of these highlights, though. You, you see Jalen Wilson falling out of bounds, flips the ball to Ochai Look at the, the smiles on everyone's face, the energy they were playing with. It, it was unbelievable the number of times Christian Brown got out in transition and got to show off his athleticism, that someone just made a play where it was exciting, it looked like they were having fun. 
Look, this is not the real Kansas is not going to beat every team by 25, especially top 10 teams. And I think the real Kansas is somewhere in between this game and uh, the loss to Kentucky that was so bad a little bit ago. But I think this was a Bill Self style of win. There, there were little things Kansas has learned over the last week. We'll talk about uh, more about those a little bit later on. But this was a game where Bill Self got them focused, got them motivated, and kept them focused and motivated. I thought this was one of the more impressive parts of the season from a coaching perspective. He really kept them kind of on the motor there. I just feel like this season, some of the outcomes of these games are more volatile than mm-hmm. you, than in the past. It's I don't know if it's so many absences for teams with COVID and injuries, but it's it's been wild. It's been fits for all sorts of reasons a strange year, and, and I think you made this point a few weeks ago. One thing you can't really blame anymore is the COVID absences. Baylor was missing a player. Kansas doesn't have Remy Martin. Ochai Abaji just came back for Kansas. Every team is dealing with it now. It is making it more volatile, though. I, I think you're right. You're indeed. Yep. Well, Fitz, Nigel Pack scored 20 points, and Mark Smith recorded another double-double during K-State's win at TCU. How good was this victory for Bruce Weber's team? Well, speaking of absences, Baylor, or excuse me, TCU is missing Mike Miles, which is a pretty important ingredient for them. But let's not forget when TCU came to Manhattan, I think it was the fourth game of the Big 12 season in that first block of games. K-State was shorthanded. So it kind of all goes around this year, and I'm really kind of tired of hearing about who you're missing Mm -hmm. because you still got to play. And Kansas State came out and played extremely well. This is one of the better prolonged efforts of the season. Nigel Pack was just incredible. He was hitting three-pointers whenever they really needed one. And Mark Smith has just been an amazing player for Kansas State. He's been a great leader. He's been very consistent in his scoring, but his rebounding is incredible. Uh, I go back to a week ago when they did lose to Ole Miss. The SEC announcers <clears throat> were just couldn't figure out why why Smith was rebounding so much because he never did that at Missouri. Uh, he didn't show any interest in the past, and now he's throwing up double-doubles on a regular basis because his rebounding is so good. This was the good K-State team. This was a fun K-State team to watch. They were on the attack. They played great defense. And, yeah, they shot the ball well, which always makes you look like a better team. Nigel Pack in particular is just absolutely lighting it up. I think he's shooting around 50% from three-point range over his last five games or something ridiculous like that. Pack has really found his stroke and when Marquise Noel's running the point and getting the ball to everyone more than him shooting, it always looks better for K-State. This team can be this good. This team can win games. And here's what is amazing is we want to dismiss TCU. Oh, you just won at TCU. But this is considered a quad one victory because of where TCU's sitting this season. This was a nice win for Bruce Weber's team. And they had to get this win because you can't let a team, honestly, that is kind of in the neighborhood of you in the standings, and that's where TCU is, probably in the middle to lower half of this conference. You can't give up a game on your home court. That's what K-State did. So this game made up for that failure earlier in the year and gets them to only 12-10 and 10, but sets a nice table for them. Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, Kansas has a two-game lead in the Big 12 after nine games. That was incredible how fast that happened. <laughs> how close are the Jayhawks to locking up the league race, or are we going to see more up and down from everyone? Well, Fitz, I think there's still a little bit more room for teams to, to kind of move around, and that starts because Kansas has to play at Texas, and Texas is a team that I think we've thought at times was struggling, and then 
just went and absolutely smoked Iowa State this last week. So, uh, look, this is still a good Texas team. It's really good defensively, not quite as good as Texas Tech, but uh, still a, a very strong team with a lot of talent. Marcus Carr, kind of the, you know, one of the lead transfers coming into the Big 12. Look, if Kansas wins this game on, I believe, Monday against Texas at Texas, then I think you start to say, how many games does Kansas have left that the Jayhawks could actually lose? Because Kansas already has a win over Baylor. Kansas has already played Texas Tech twice. And when you look at these teams, Baylor and Texas Tech, which I think are the next two best teams in the conference, they're both very good and both very capable of winning a lot of games. Here's the issue. Baylor has already lost two home games, including this one to Texas Tech. And Texas Tech is a, is a very solid team, but won't have the chance to beat Kansas to make that extra ground up where you can kind of, you know, win a game and jump up by that extra contest. Kansas will have to go to Baylor. You, you figure that might be a loss. The Texas game, that could be a loss. After that, there aren't very many hard games for Kansas left, considering that they've played so many of them already. They get Oklahoma State at home. They get TCU twice. Those should be wins. They'll get Texas at home. That should be a win. They get Kansas State at home. That should be a win. They get West Virginia again. That should be a win. There aren't many losses left, so I think this game coming up actually fits probably decides the Big 12, at least whether or not Kansas gets a share in my eyes, because if Kansas wins, I don't think there are enough losses for Kansas the rest of the way to blow a two-game lead. How dare you just say that K-State's going <laughs> to lose in Lawrence? When has that happened last? Well, Fitz, uh, I'll tell you something interesting about the league race. It's less about that on K-State, but more on the, the Missouri side of things. Kansas did lose four out of six games to share the Big 12 one year. That was something that happened very early in Bill Self's tenure. A little bit of a different schedule makeup, though. I don't yeah, see that happening. Yeah, it's, this, this conference is something else this year. Mm -hmm. Here's a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, what is the biggest issue facing KU basketball? And we look at the result. More than 50% of people, 53% said the play of the big men, 35% said the defense, 10% say the point guard situation, which might have actually been worked out a little bit over this last week, 2% saying lack of depth. That's fair, I guess. Uh, we tried to include a fourth answer for you, and you didn't bite on it. No, not at all. Here's this week's question. Which Big 12 team will go the furthest in the NCAA tournament? We've listed Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, and everyone else is D. <laughs> Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Fitz, Baylor or Texas Tech? If you had to pick right now, who do you like more? Uh, Baylor. I think Baylor's just got some nice components. It didn't show up on Saturday, mm -hmm. but I, I think they're a pretty darn good basketball team. I think either team capable of going yeah. on a run for sure. Uh, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive. As we continue our weekly two-minute drill, the two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, before the Baylor game, the Jayhawks went to Ames and won without mm -hmm. Oche Baje. 
Yeah, what did you learn from that performance without the team's best player? It's well, not fair. Fitz, I thought it was, it was funny that it happened against Iowa State. Probably not to Iowa State, but, you know, Kansas went out and added a transfer in Jalen Coleman-Lands, and the thought at the time was, this is Ochai Abaji insurance. This is a three-point shooter who is not as good as Ochai, but who's one of Iowa State's best players, and he, you know, could make an impact, hit a couple threes early in this game. But then he went down with an injury, and he, he really wasn't the same from that point on. And I thought it was really impressive how Kansas rallied. Now look, the Jayhawks, there will not be any uh, basketball, technical, whatever ability books written from this game. Kansas committed about a billion turnovers, maybe a billion and a half. I kind of lost count after a while. But the Jayhawks kind of found something, especially with how they use their point guards, and specifically Joe Yesifu. You know, Fitz, I thought it was funny. Joe Yesifu transferred from Drake, who played so well last year, hasn't really found the court or, or really found a way to play well and, and do what he does, which is score this year. He's been really focused on the defensive end of the court, and Bill Self even joked at one point, he's got him so messed up trying to defend that he's forgotten how to score. You know, Joe Yesifu may have been Bill Self's quote-unquote player of the game in this game, and uh, look, I, I think he played okay. I didn't think he played great, but I think the reason why he was that so-called player of the game was because of how Kansas looked when they had those two smaller guards on the court together. Fitz, you like to say the key to a Bill Self defense is having that rim protector, that big man. Well, I would say a key to a good Bill Self offense is having two guards who can handle the ball. And it's not always two point guard types. You know, you can think of Devontae Graham and Malik Newman or Frank Mason and Devontae Graham, Sharon Collins and Mario Chalmers, Tyshawn Taylor, when that team with Thomas Robinson went on a run in the tournament, Elijah Johnson, who would play point guard the next year, albeit not as well, he was playing so well in the tournament. I think it changes something for KU when they have those two guards who can handle the ball, taking pressure off each other. You look at the lineup data, if you look at just Remy Martin or just Dewan Harris, Remy Martin hasn't played, he's uh, currently sitting out trying to get healthy, you know, they, they both fare okay either or when they're the only guy. But when they play together, KU has a better offense and has a better defense statistically. I think it shows on the court. I think Bill Self kind of found something with how he wants to play. And Joe Yesifu, 17 minutes in the Baylor game, would have played 20 minutes uh, if he didn't have kind of an injury scare at the end of the game. But he appears to be fine as well. Very good. That, that, was, a, that was a nice win at Ames. Just kind of cruised to it. Absolutely. Well, Fitz, one weekend ago, Kansas State lost to Ole Miss like you referenced earlier, but now the Wildcats have beaten Oklahoma State. They won on Wednesday, and then on Saturday, the Wildcats won at TCU. Can K-State win enough games down the stretch to get into the NCAA tournament? It's possible. You know, they went 3-6 and six through the first half of the Big 12, and, and that lost Ole Miss really is a two-game swing because instead of being they're 12 and 10 right now they would be 13 and 9 and that's radically different so k-state's put its back against the wall they're going to have to win a minimum of four of the eight remaining and they still got some really good teams including going to kansas they got baylor coming to manhattan on wednesday they have actually struggled with baylor more than they have kansas over recent years so that doesn't bode very well they've got some tough games ahead but they also have some winnable games they have Oklahoma coming in. They still have West Virginia coming to Manhattan. Uh, they've got Iowa State, a home and home, including a Saturday game in Ames. Uh, they're just some available victories on this schedule for Kansas State if they continue to play the way that they did. The problem is they're probably going to have to find a really quality win during this stretch to help offset what will be regarded as a really bad late season loss, later season loss to Ole Miss, because that was a dreadful performance by the Cats, and it's hard to compensate for that on your so-called resume. 
So if K-State goes four and four the rest of the regular season, they'll be they'll be taking a 16 and 14 record to Kansas City. Nobody's thinking that will get you in the NCAA tournament, even if the Big 12 is regarded as the toughest conference. So that means they probably have to win at least two in Kansas City to get to 18 and 15, just to probably be on the bubble or into the bracket. They got a lot of work to do, Scott. They have a lot of stuff ahead of them that they have to accomplish. But I'll say this, Nigel Platt Pack is playing extremely well, and Mark Smith appears to be that exact type of locker room leader that Bruce Weber needs on his best teams, and he's evolved into that. And I, I, I'm going to give them a shot, but boy, they've got a lot of work to do. And one thing we know about this K-State team, like a lot of Bruce Weber teams, they can be wildly inconsistent. We will see if they look better or if they can win on Wednesday in Bramlage against Baylor. Fitz, if K-State could flip one result, the Kansas game, give them a quality win, or the Ole Miss game, take away a damaging loss, what do you think helps their resume more? Well, they, they really have to get a quality win. I mean, that, that Ole Miss loss was just tragic because it, it kind of defeats the argument about how good the Big 12 is um, if you're going to go out of conference and lose to a lesser team in the SEC. So, and now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, we taped before the Chiefs game last week, so let's take a moment to reflect on the end of the Chiefs season. Any parting thoughts on this year for Kansas City? I don't, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, the, the wounds are too fresh. Look, it was a great season, but, you know, let's not forget how Kansas City started off. And it almost looked like a team that struggled to find itself early in the season. Teams were defending them differently, and uh, Patrick Mahomes had to adjust. K- Kansas City's defense was dreadful. Then they gathered themselves and went on that tear. And I think, Scott, they kind of ran out of gas, particularly after what they did in that opening round of the playoffs against the Bills in one of the greatest football games I've ever seen, if not the greatest. I can't explain the second half, though. Patrick Mahomes was awful. Andy Reid looked like he was taking a siesta. I'm not sure what happened against the Bengals, but the Bengals won. It was impressive, and congratulations to them. And I, oh, I keep coming back to this. These young quarterbacks, particularly these guys in the AFC, are going to be so much fun. It's almost like we were conscious of the next generation, the Bradys and the, you know, whoever else, the Roethlisbergers that are going to be populating the league for so long. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a blast to watch this. The Chiefs better, better find a way to get a little bit better because they couldn't get over the hump this year. Yeah, Fitz, I agree with you. I think perspective is so important because of how bad things did look early on, especially. I mean, I think a lot of us were wondering, are the Chiefs, you know, make the will they make the playoffs? Like, I guess, or, or they probably will. Will they win a game in the playoffs? Especially when it looked bad. For Kansas City to get as close as it did to a Super Bowl, I think that's why it probably hurts Chiefs fans a, a lot more than it maybe you were expecting when, when the season was earlier on. Look, I, I think running out of gas is probably a perfect way to describe it. And I actually turned on the Pro Bowl today for exactly one play. Saw Patrick Mahomes throw a pick six. Now, no one was really trying and moving around. I decided that was enough of that, and I'm ready for the offseason. The Chiefs need to refresh. They need to recharge, and they need to come back with a little something extra. I agree with you. I'm never watching a Pro Bowl again. I saw that one play. It looked like uh, the Globetrotters, but with less effort. Yeah. That's not good. (laughs) Now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question is sponsored by Metal Ark, supporting people in living their best lives. Well, Fitz, our fan question this week is, 
Hey Fitz, how's the color on your television looking these days? That's from Ben in Manhattan. Fitz, I can't imagine uh, how Ben in Manhattan might know that your television had some color issues. Oh my goodness. If you tried to watch the Kansas State at TCU game, it, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It looked like there was a blue filter on the cameras. And I, everyone's speculating that it was the court doing it, but I flipped over to Memphis and UCF, and it had the same issues. It was just awful looking. It looked like everyone had been locked away with COVID for two weeks. Their color was so bad. The lavender uniforms looked like a horrible blue tint. Yeah. It, was, it was a mess. I don't know what ESPN had going on on Saturday, but they, they also had to start late because the previous game went into triple overtime, and they said, check it out on our app. They never put the game on the app. So it wasn't a good night for ESPN. And it wasn't a good night for anyone who wants to buy a new TV because <laughs> it was not your TV. It was ESPN. Yeah, Fitz, I'd like to imagine someone messed with the color on their TV, got it just perfect. They turned it off. They haven't turned it back on until watching the drive. And now they're alarmed again because something has gone wrong. Well, they're, they're always <laughs> alarmed when they see me on their TV. That's, a, that's yeah. a good point. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers went one and two. I went one and two. Scott went two and one. Mm-hmm. Pull out the party hats. <laughs> I was going to say, that's all tear. you need to see. You don't need to see anything mm-hmm. else. Don't look at that season totals. Only last week matters. We're looking forward. Very good. Yep, I agree. <laughs> and now this week's picks start with Oklahoma plus 10 and a half at KU. That's a lot of points. I will actually take the points. I'll go with Oklahoma. I think Kansas wins. Ten and a half is a lot even for a Kansas team that just won a game by 24. Interesting. Well, then I'll take KU if you're going to leave them unpicked. <laughs> well, Fitz, next is K-State plus seven and a half at Iowa State. You take? I, I think uh, this is going to be a, a fun game, a competitive game. I'm not sure K-State wins, but at seven and a half points, I think the Cats will lose by seven or fewer. I'll take K-State. I will take Iowa State, but I think it will be right on the border of that game. Our last game of the week is the biggie, mm-hmm. the big game, the Bolorama. I don't even That's know. That's what they call it. Los Angeles Rams <laughs> against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's a pick 'em. Who are you picking over there, um? I will take, uh, I'll, I'll go with Los Angeles. They will ha- not have the home field advantage, even though they're playing on their home field, but I think they've got a lot of talent. I'll, I'll take the battle in Joe Burrows. <laughs> of Cincinnati. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. It's now time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One by Local for a strong local community. I don't know why I said it that way, Scott, but take it away. It's your turn. Well, Fitz, the Jayhawks had to learn how to play a different way this week, at least for one game when Ochai Abaji didn't play. When he came back, he was good. He actually surprised me by how smooth and, and I guess, not rusty he looked returning from a a COVID-19 pause. But 
I think the Jayhawks probably gained something from that. Everyone had to step up. Everyone had to learn to do a little bit more. And I think that will only help the team moving on this year. Well, sometimes I kind of feel like I'm living in an alternate universe, like <laughs> someone just set this up as a, you know, just a simulation. For example, uh, Kansas State football next season will have three transfers from Nebraska, including a record-setting quarterback in Adrian Martinez. I, I, what? <laughs> it, it's just very entertaining to me to see how the fates of these programs have gone different directions, particularly Nebraska, after moving to the Big Ten. Adrian Martinez met with the media this week, and it looks like he is very happy in Manhattan. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.